Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, excited podcaster, mom of two, speech and language pathologist. I'm here to cover topics and answer questions related to your child's speech, language, development, as well as their play and overall development. So listen up, everybody. I love, 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 love the excitement of parents anticipating the first words. There is nothing more magical than seeing your little sugar start saying mama and baba and bye-bye because you no longer have to guess (laughs) and use context clues to know what they want. But there's one word that every parent avoids like the plague, but it comes. You know the one, everyone. No. Yep. As soon as your little one starts saying no, it's, it's pretty much over. They start asserting themselves and feeling some kind of way. And they don't even say no in a polite way. They say it nasty. No! And everybody turns around and looks and you see this little person, you know, walking away because they didn't want to do what you wanted them to do. But nowadays, it seems like as much as our little ones love to exercise no, I don't hear parents using no anymore. And I've had to talk to so many families about, you know, using no back. And it, it's, it's crazy to me <laughs> because I'm out in the community and I see this parent and the cutest little kid. And it looks like they're having their moment out and it's mommy baby time and a little sugar is going on. And they've got the little kind of like the duck walk and they're doing their thing. But then they do something or start to get into something where everyone around us knows, all the adults know, like stranger danger or don't do that, don't touch that, don't, whatever it is. But the parent doesn't say no. And and then you see the parents kind of giving each other the side eye, the other parents who aren't the parents, like looking at each other, like, are they going to get them or <laughs> how is this going to be handled? But that little cutie has no problem telling mom and dad now with all the attitude and the force in the world. So that is going to be our topic today. Parents exercising the use of no, what I also like to call not optional, not optional, no boundaries, off limits. You can't do it. Nunca, nilche, no, I'm signing no as I say it like no in every way. Nada, no, nothing, no. That's what we're going to talk about. So society now kind of tells us that no is a bad thing. And I don't think that no is a bad thing. It's language, right? And it's all in how you use your language and how you're exercising the use of that language. And so somehow, some way, parents who use no are perceived to be mean. But that's not true. Like, we're not always meant to be the best friend. Like, it's our job as parents to prepare our little people to become responsible adults out into this world. And part of that is using boundaries and setting boundaries for them. And part of that is showing them how to accept no. And parents, you shouldn't ever feel guilty 
for using no or worried about what the person next to you may say to you. If you do say no, it's totally appropriate if your child is exercising some behaviors that are inappropriate for you to step in and say, no, you cannot, or no, thank you, or something along those lines. And you don't have to be mean, and you certainly don't have to act like the duck walking toddler, be like, no, <laughs> you don't have to do that either. <laughs> I love toddlers. I love the duck walk. It makes me laugh. <laughs> but you shouldn't have that guilt because no is a form of discipline, right? And not only is it a form of discipline, it's also teaching your little sugar, what's socially appropriate? Like if your little sugar picks up a handful of sand and tosses it at little Tommy, it's okay to say no instead of just, oh, let's go over here and do something else. Like in that moment, they need to understand no is no. And I don't like that. And also when you do deflect instead of saying no, it creates this false perception for your child that the behavior was acceptable, but mommy and daddy have found something better that they want me to get into instead of throwing sand at little Tommy or little Timmy. So when we don't use no with our little ones, here's what happens. Our little sugars, they're so sweet and so cute. And then around mm, four, five, that cute little baby voice and that toddler smell, it kind of goes away. They turn into a kid, right? <laughs> Every parent, maybe not new parents, but if you've been around and you've had more than one, if this isn't your first rodeo, somewhere around, I don't know, three and five, the little cute baby smell, it just, it wears off and then they smell like toddler and they no longer smell like baby powder automatically. And you know, that little cute no doesn't seem as cute when they're using it on you by five, but you're not using it back at them. Or when they go to school and the teacher in a nice way who does use no because he or she has to manage multiple children. And so they need to give a quick no with a reason why and, and move on to the next thing. It puts them in a position to where your child might not be able to accept that boundary because nobody's ever created one. And that's a dangerous game to play. You don't want to play the no boundaries, uh, excluding not optional from your little sugar's life for up to four to five years or whenever they enter into school. Like you just don't want to miss that part because you don't want to put the teacher in a position to where they have your child for let's say four or five hours today, and sometimes even longer than than that for working parents who have full schedules. So if the teacher can't exercise boundaries with your child because they've never learned those boundaries, it's making things a lot harder for them. And where the parent and the the teacher should be a partnership, it kind of makes that relationship a little bit stressful and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be at all. And not only does it make it stressful for the teachers, but also socially for the other little ones who've been hearing for the last, you know, three to five years. No, this is not optional. You can't do this. You can't do this because why? When they use it on the other child or on your child, they might not be able to handle that and might perceive it as rejection. 
Little Marsha told me, no, she doesn't like me. And it doesn't mean that. No doesn't mean I don't like you. It doesn't mean I don't love you. If anything, it's helping me help you get along with the other humans in the world. So no, this is a better option to do this. Or no, let's get into that instead. And so we want to make sure that we're, again, I keep using the word boundaries because no is a boundary word. Like There's kind of no way around it. But it it also helps with those peer relations. And so you want to make sure that they understand that no is healthy in most cases if it's used appropriately. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But with the teacher, with their peers, and as they become adults and they're out in the workforce or, you know, they're pulled over by a cop, like they need to be able to accept, no, you can't go 85 in a 55 without falling apart. Well, I had to get to where I needed to go. Well, that you probably did, but that doesn't matter. Again, it's a boundaries thing, right? So yes, they're little and yes, they're cute. And nobody ever wants to tell somebody who's so little and so cute, no. And sometimes we just don't want to hear the uh, tantrum or we don't want to go back and forth. And so we feel like, ah, it's easier to distract than to just say, no, you can't do that. This is why. But no, 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 don't run away from that. Stay in there. You'll be all right. So as much as I think that the boundary no should be established, no cannot be used for everything. Because I've heard that too. Picture this. We're back in that same park. All the parents, they're having their moment with their child and it's a beautiful thing. And you still see the little cute toddler and they still got the duck walk and they're still turning around now with the loud no. And everybody looks and starts kind of like, oh, Lord. They've learned the word. (laughs) You should also know that using no or not optional for everything kind of nullifies it. Yeah, it, it does. It nullifies it because after a while, it's like anything else. You become immune to it. No to this, no to that. No, 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 no. So we're back at that part. And the parent is telling the little sugar, no, 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 no to everything. And so the parents are kind of looking at each other again and giving each other that side eye look like, well, if it's no to everything, then what can they do? Because too much no takes away the option of giving an alternative or providing an alternative. I'm hoping that makes sense. So if I keep saying no to you, but I don't give you something else to do, no without uh, a reason or no because you didn't exercise, like let's go beyond the child maybe wasn't exercising boundaries, but they were exploring the land. And while they're exploring the land, they may get a little bit too far. And then if it just becomes a no, 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 no. Well, they might just interpret that as I'm not doing anything to harm anybody. So why is it a no for me to explore, especially at the toddler age, because they're trying to explore everything. And so you don't want to just use no. Maybe you want to give a physical gesture as well to make sure that you're keeping them, if it's a safety issue, keeping them safe from going out into the street or if they're putting sand in their mouth. You you don't want them to do that. No, thank you to eating sand. And you can say it because eating sand is, again, not optional, right? Running out into the streets, not optional. Um, 
But those are more of boundary things. And so you want to make sure that while you're giving them that boundary, you're giving them something else in that moment um, to get into. Not optional to eat the sand, but yeah, we can go down the slide or no, you may not roam into the street, but yes, we can go get on the swing. No, you may not watch TV right now, but yes, you may do this. And so by giving them the no, but giving them something else without just no, 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 without an alternative, they're going to listen in on what they can do. And that way they might start bargaining with you a little bit. Well, no, if I can't walk around or no, I can't run around and do this. Maybe I want to kick the ball around. Well, that's a go. Let's do it. Let's kick the ball. It's going to be great. So that's my thing or my, my spiel about too many no's. Not only is that my little spiel about no, but just keep in mind that giving your child no with a good alternative, it gives them healthy boundaries because you're going to give them something else. And that falls in alignment with what they're going to do in school. The teacher might say, no, it's not time to color right now, but yes, it's time to pull out a book. Or maybe when they become an adult, no, it's not time for us to work on this. Yes, it's time for us to work on that. That way it becomes more of a um, reciprocal relationship. I'm telling you no and why, because that's what we do to most people No, and this is why, right? As adults, when we talk to each other, well, no, thank you, because why, you know? Um, and that's, you know, for a deeper relationship. But it also helps your child accept rejection when boundaries are crossed. So if they understand the no and the why, it helps them reason with what's going on around them. Like, for example, my son loves the Warriors. Oh, my gosh. He loves the Warriors so much. And when they lose, I kid you not, he cries. And so I have to tell him, yes, it's OK to cry. But no, you can't be that deeply invested in the game to where you can't enjoy the sport, so I need you to find a better way. That's the alternative. I need you to find a better way. What can we use as a word to help us through this situation? Because, I mean, it gets real. Tears are down his face. You think that he was out there on the court with those men, but, I mean, it gets real for him. But I'm saying all that to say, giving him the no, validating his feelings, giving him the no, and giving him an alternative kind of helps him process the moment. And so that way, when the situation comes up again, he knows what's going to come. For our little sugars who are learning how to accept rejection when boundaries are crossed, their feelings get extremely hurt. Like, have you ever seen a toddler crumble when you tell them no? It is the saddest situation. And I mean, they turn beet red. I don't care who it is. Those ears turn red. It is like so sad. But when you give them a short brief explanation that they can hold on to, then it feels a little bit better. It might not be better, but it at least feels a little bit better in that moment. And you don't have to worry about helping them process those emotions because you've given them the boundaries. And now it's their turn to learn how to work through those emotions versus when they become older, you're having to kind of talk them down because they haven't established that um, that rejection sometimes is healthy. And so it also helps them because nobody wants to deal with rejection. We as humans, when we do get those boundaries, it helps us discern what's off, off limits. It helps us figure it out. Like Tommy didn't like when I threw the ball at his head. 
He threw it back and probably did something else. So I know. He, and then he told me, no, that's off limits, right? <laughs> it's off limits. <laughs> or, you know, if mommy said, don't eat the sand anymore in the sandbox. And she had this look on her face and it was like a, a serious, stern look. I know in the future, not optional. It's off limits and it's OK. It might not always be in, OK in the moment, but it helps it become OK for the time after and the time after. And if you have a little sugar who has a really hard time accepting um, rejection or it's not rejection in, in the form of like, I'm rejecting you, I'm nullifying you like this is the the gavels coming down. It's not that kind of rejection. It's just rejecting the behavior that they're uh, exhibiting or demonstrating. Um, so I want to make that extremely clear. But it helps them discern for in the future what behavior is acceptable and what behavior should be should be avoided or uh, refrained. And so my last point is, how should we use no? Because I've talked about, you know, why we use no and what happens and how society perceives no, but it's important to have like the tools on what to do in the situation when my little sugar needs a little bit of redirection because that's all it is, is redirection. All right. So no should be used with some kind of discipline in mind. And that goes back to my point of overusing no. So if you keep using no and there's no um, consequence for the behavior, then guess what's going to happen? They're going to keep doing it. And they're looking for those boundaries from you. So they're really going to keep doing it. And so you have to come up with uh, some kind of consequence that's reasonable for the action, right? Little Tommy in that sand or little Tommy in the ball. If it gets chucked at the friend, then maybe... No, it's not optional for you to throw the ball at your friends. And if you do it again, then I'm going to have to take the ball from you. No, you may not eat the sand or else we're going to have to leave the park for the day or we're going to have to find something else to do. No, you cannot go out in the streets or else we're going to have to go home. No, you may not talk to me that way because I'm an adult. And if you keep talking to me that way, we're going to have to, you know, take some things away. So. That's when we can use no with some kind of consequence in mind. But it shouldn't be like, no, and then I'm stripping your whole room of everything and da, 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 da. It should be reasonable for the action, right? And you have to discern what is reasonable in your house. It should be consistent. It should always be consistent. If you had consequences one day, and no consequences the next day, that's completely confusing. It's confusing for the child and it's honestly frustrating for you. It's more work for you because you don't have some kind of system to be like, okay, well, I did this, check, they didn't follow through. I did this, check, they didn't follow through. Okay, well, now I'm gonna have to take out the big guns. So like, for example, I homeschool my two children and I, I say it at the beginning of every episode. Um, that I'm a homeschooling parent. And so our discipline board is warning one, warning two. By warning two, everybody's kind of shifting in their seats. Nobody wants warnings for one in my house, but <laughs> nobody even wants no for me <laughs> or any redirection. 
But by the time we get to three, it's, oh, well, then now you have to write some sentences. And then it progresses from there. And and it works because they know what's going to come. And I'll be like, all right, that's number four. What's going to happen? So everybody knows. Everybody's really clear on what's going to happen if you do X. And they know the behaviors that will lead them to getting to warnings because there's a whole list of what they should be doing rather than a whole list of what they shouldn't be doing because I want to encourage them to do the right thing. And then when they kind of exercise some different kind of stuff, then I have my my consequences and I have my boundaries list and, and we're all good to go. OK, I'm good to go. They'll be OK some other time. <laughs> and so that takes me to the next point. It should be fair. Again, I think I kind of touched on that in the first point, but I want to make sure that I am reiterating that whatever it is, whatever consequence that you give for um, your little sugar you know, going outside of the lines or doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing, the the punishment or the discipline should be fair. And it should be reasonable for their age. Like, please don't put a two-year-old in the corner for 10 minutes or something like that. Like, that's just not nice. Don't do that to them. Like, they need something that's that's fair for them and something that they can understand. Because if they can understand it, then it will give them the opportunity in the future to understand like what discipline, appropriate discipline is for them and why they don't want to do that again. But it shouldn't be so unreasonable to the point of where they can't even live up to the discipline or whatever it is, the consequence that you've given them. So just make sure that whatever it is, is fair for them. And if you have a spouse in the home or other family members in the home, get everybody on the same page. Don't be alone trying to hand out discipline rules, disciplinary rules. Oh my gosh, you'll be so sad. It's so frustrating if you're the only one that's exercising any kind of consequences. So make sure that, you know, what's fair and what's reasonable is clearly fair and reasonable for everybody, all adults in the house and older kids too. Older kids, like, and I'm talking about substantially older kids. Um, who can exercise that kind of authority in the house if you should allow it. And it should, next, it should show a difference between your normal speaking voice and your stern speaking voice. I cannot emphasize enough to parents when I hear, no, 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 how ineffective that is. And I know we don't want to be mean and we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. It certainly shouldn't be now. Like it shouldn't be that. But it should be a stern no. And they should feel it. Like the room should kind of stop when you give that no. And like a real no to where I said no. I said stop. Like it should have some kind of oomph behind it. They should be able to discern the difference between mommy's nice speaking voice And mommy is really giving me boundaries because if you can't teach them how to discern between those two voices, if they can't distinguish between those two, it's not really helpful trying to exercise any kind of discipline. And so I'm not saying you have to like make your blood pressure skyrocket when saying no. And I'm not saying yell either. I'm not a yeller. I I can't I don't do well with yelling. Um, And my voice is pitchy, so that makes it even worse. So I stay away from yelling, but I do have like a stern voice and it gets very stern when I say no and I mean it and everybody gets it. 
no problems here. So make sure that it's a good stern voice, not a yelling voice, because that's another thing. You keep that yelling up, you're stressing yourself out. Keep your blood pressure down. Don't don't do all that, but just use a nice, firm voice and you'd be good to go. And last, it should come with an alternative. And I've been talking about that all this time. Like not optional should come with what is optional. If I can't do this, then what can I do? What can I get into? Your sugar wants to know. Like if this is a no, especially because they're learning, not only are they learning language, they're learning play. They're learning how to get along with the world around them. They're learning everything. Like this is the time to where they are picking up on everything. So you got to give them something. You can't give them no and give them nothing. (laughs) Like Give them something. Give them some help and show them what is okay. And if you don't know in that moment, have them help you out. Well, what can we do? This is not optional, but what can we do together? This is not okay. And it doesn't have to be mean. It just needs to be in a way to where they can understand that this is off limits. This is not optional. I need to do something else. Either mommy or daddy or somebody else is going to give me an um, alternative or I'm going to help find an alternative. And kids love feeling like they're helping. They love feeling like they're part of the team. So if you're like, you know what? No to this, but yes to that. And what is it that you want to do instead? They'll be on it and you've saved yourself a fight. So that wraps that up. This is my tip for the day. And it's not even a tip. It's a thought. Being a good parent does not make you a villain. And using no certainly does not make you a villain. And if you're intentional about how you want to discipline your child, it'll help everyone get along a little bit better in society. And if we can't accept boundaries, then we're no longer thriving together in a healthy way. It's kind of scary if we can't accept no from one another. So no parent should ever, ever, ever feel bad about disciplining their child. I don't want you guys to feel bad about disciplining your child. That's your little person. Of course you should discipline them. As much as you should love them is as much as you should give them the tools that they need in order to get along. You're the parent and you are always empowered to find a healthy balance to help your child become a productive member of society. So that's all that we have for today. I'm really hoping that helps you guys out with using no and being okay with using no. And just remember, using no always equates to not optional. It's either optional or it's not optional. And that's fair. And please don't hesitate to reach out and ask your question. The email address is questions at I've got this Also check us out on Instagram at I've underscore got underscore this underscore kid. We would love to hear from you. With just a few tweaks every day, you too can maximize your child's speech, language, and play skills. Are you ready for the challenge to step into amazing play? Take care, guys.